the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on in Colorado. Hello and welcome to Life in Colorado. This week we are going to be talking about holiday stress and depression and most importantly, how to kind of shake yourself out of that. I know the silly season is a bit much for some people, the likes, the the family, the quote unquote friends, (laughs) let's not get started on that, but it's just a lot to deal with. And for those of us who are already dealing with stressful situations, the economy, job, family, sometimes this time of year can be the critical difference between life and death. And by that, I mean individuals choosing to kill themselves. Uh, We are speaking with a psychiatrist. We're speaking with Dr. Vinay Saranga, and he's going to give us some tips and a little bit of perspective on the issue. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Saranga. Oh, no no problem. Thanks for having me on. On a, a personal note, why did you get into psychiatry? I haven't been asked this question in a while, Maria. Okay. <laughs> so, so, um, so actually, I've been, my family, my father's an internist, internal medicine, primary care, and my sister is actually a hematologist, oncologist in, oh. uh, in Florida, so, and my father's in, in Kentucky. So, anyway, so, uh, so I, I come from a family of physicians, but also I'm, I, I, I found that myself, I'm a little different, uh, from my, Father and sister, my my enjoyment of medicine is actually in in talking to people and getting to know their story, mm-hmm. and and psychiatry is actually the one. I, I think it is the only field, <laughs> or maybe I'm biased, but it, it, it's a, it's really the only field in, in in medicine where you really have that opportunity to sit down with with your patients and talk to them and understand what their stresses are, what's been going on. Um, Leading them to certain feelings, whether it's depression, anxiety, uh, and and I, I love learning what makes people tick. Just to kind of get things started, I know that this year and last year there have been some significant increases in Colorado, as well as on the national scene in reference to suicide and overdoses. Do you have any input on that? So there, there could be multiple factors in, really involved in, in that particular statistic. Multiple stressors going on, you know, financial stressors for some people, increased substance abuse, use, alcohol, you know, other drugs, family stresses. So there, there could be multiple kind of reasons for why that that, that rate has gone up. Um, and we often talk about d- different uh, age groups as well. So, um, and and I'm also by by training, I'm a child adolescent psychiatrist, even the, as well as I see adults too. So we do know that the suicide rate is, is increasing in the 
child adolescent population as well, due, due to similar concerns, family stresses, sometimes parental conflict, and um, parents may be fighting a lot or, you know, potentially looking at divorce, so stress at home. And, and in addition to, to for teenagers, uh, increased substance abuse, alcohol, you know, other other drugs as well, uh, including marijuana. So, so that you know, a lot of factors can be playing a role in that as well for the child adolescent population, in addition to the adults. On the adult end of it, I did a, a little bit of research, and and some of these figures are, are going back a bit more than two years ago. But it shows that specifically in the two week time frame, uh, starting Christmas and uh, going to a little bit after New Year's Day, there's a six percent jump in attempts in suicide and a jump in patients dead on arrival as they come to the hospital, possibly self-inflicted or possibly drug-related. There is a 6% increase. Are, are you aware of why that would just be occurring on such a continuum throughout what's supposed to be a happy time of the year? Yeah, so so this time of year can be stressful if you've lost a loved one. Um and it doesn't have to be a recent loss. It could be a loss that was several years ago as well. Uh, you know, a sibling, a, a best friend. This time of year can be a reminder that they're they're no longer around, that they're not at at the holiday dinner, uh, things of that nature. So, um, so that so that in itself can be leading to some depression and anxiety for folks. Now, on the other end, you know, this time of year can be stressful because. For some folks, you're around uh, family members that that you normally would not choose to be to spend much time with, uh, for various reasons, right? Uh, you you've had some conflict with them in the past, things like that, and now you're you now you're stuck with them for a few days, usually around the you know Christmas or New Year's time. So that can lead to some conflict and depression, and anxiety as well, just because you're kind of they're kind of in your face <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for several days at a time, whereas the rest of the year you really would prefer not to talk to them or communicate with them at all. So that that can be stressful because sometimes you know, they, they may be saying hurtful comments to you or, you know, that, or what have you, criticizing you, that sort of thing. And, you know, so and also this, this time of year leads itself to increased alcohol use often because, uh, just, you, you know, you're around friends, family, and, it's, it's natural to open a bottle of wine and, and have a couple of glasses of wine. But the, the issue oftentimes is that you end up drinking more alcohol than you normally would during the other times of the year just because you're around family. You just want to join in with them and, and, and relax and socialize with them and things like that. So you, for many folks, they, they end up drinking more alcohol than they normally would during the, during the rest of the year. So the increased use of alcohol can, uh, since alcohol is a depressant, can worsen symptoms of depression and, and, and often anxiety as well. There's also another uh, piece to this as well, which could be a significant stressor for folks, is is the financial stress of, of this time of year. So we often tend to feel that we need to buy sometimes extravagant gifts for certain family members or loved ones. And if, if you're not sticking to a budget, the financial stress of going into the holidays and buying these gifts and then coming out at the beginning of the, the new year with significant debt can lead to worsening depression and anxiety as well. So, so that, you know, just to, you know, recap, so there's several different reasons for why this time of year can be tough for folks. 
And it really, and for some folks, it could be a combination. So the, this can be a particularly a, a tough time of year for, for, for many folks. But, and I know it's not intuitive in the sense that this is the holiday time and this is, this, you know, here we're not talking about the Christmas cheer and the Christmas spirit and all that, but we're talking about more the reality that sets in for uh, a lot of folks. And so, so I think, I think it is an important discussion to have. Um, and um, I'm glad we're having it actually. Okay. I mean, I, I've personally experienced some serious holiday ups and downs, but I know that you've been involved as far as being the medical director of Easter Seals. I know you've been involved in psychiatry for almost 10 years, as well as with other medical professionals. Can you help me humanize this issue a little bit? What are maybe or maybe even one example of a patient that you've had that's had to deal with what I'm calling the holiday blues and how have they kind of overcome? Uh, do you have an example of that for us? Well, let me kind of generalize in the sense of I, you know, I, I've, I've done some work in the ERs, and so I've I've seen uh, this time of year uh, many many patients coming into the ER with worsening depression and and often suicidal thoughts mm. uh, due to uh, oftentimes a, a combination of the different stresses that we discussed previous, just a few minutes ago. So some strategies that I, I encourage them to use, uh, at least when, in my work in the, in the ER, is you know, don't, don't beat yourself up over your feelings. You know, just, we often want the holidays to be perfect. As much as you try, very rarely is it going to be a perfect. There's going to be, uh, there's going to be flight delays. There's going to be folks who, who don't want to eat what, what you've planned for dinner. You know, there's, there's all these things that is going to make it um, far from perfect. But it's important to realize that, you know, you're not perfect. Don't expect the holidays to be perfect. Expect there to be some, some people are going to get, be unhappy about something or other. And just expect that. Because to me, if you go in realizing that it's, it's not going to be the perfect paradise of a holiday, then you're not disappointed and, and hard on yourself when things don't turn out the picture perfect thing you would expect you had planned in your head um you know secondly make sure you get enough sleep and rest and take good care of yourself thirdly you know stay stay organized i often suggest try to plan your christmas shopping ahead of time and, and in addition to your other tasks if you're planning meals and all that for for the for the christmas holidays uh, have have like for for example a calendar that you make for yourself of, of small tasks each day that, that you can accomplish leading up to the holidays and, and instead of just kind of leaving everything to the last minute because that can be overwhelming if you leave it uh, to the end. So uh, fourth, you know, set a budget for yourself. And I, I, we, we kind of discussed this a, a little while ago, Maria, but the financial stress of holidays is significant. So it's important to um, to realize that you don't always have to spend – Hundreds of dollars on 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 gifts for for folks. If if you in reality you can't you can't really afford it. You know don't 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 spend all all your savings on these things. The reason is of course you know it's really not the the price of the gift that matters. It's the thoughts that count. And and I and I firmly believe even I imagine you get these as well, Maria. Those uh, those holiday. Um, Photo family photos that you get in the mail sometimes with a little note written on the back with the um, update on what the, how the family is doing and, and news on, on on your on let's say your your cousin's family and things like that. To me, that means a lot more and that's more meaningful to me than any 
extravagant gift I could get. So, so keep in mind that it's a thought that counts, and you don't need to spend an, an enormous amount of money to make other people happy. So set a budget for yourself as far as what the amount you can realistically afford to spend on, on, on Christmas gifts for folks. So, and that'll help decrease some of the financial stress that often happens to folks going into the, the next year. So and we're speaking with Dr. Vinay Saranga. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. Thank you so much for coming back with us. We're speaking with Dr. Saranga about the holiday blues. So the, the holidays can be a challenge if you have family coming over or you're visiting family. You, you often stay up late talking. Some families try to plan a lot of different activities and outings and shopping things and all that. So that can lead to, to some anxiety and fatigue for folks. So and this kind of goes back to not getting enough sleep or rest as well. So, so do your best as you can to get, stay in your routine, especially your sleep routine. And, and children can be really thrown off by a change in routine as well. So tr- please help your children in sticking to their routine. As I mentioned before, the, the sleep routine is extremely important. Incorporate self-reflection. Make sure you get time for yourself. Set aside, you know, at, at least a half hour of time for the for you to do something uh, on your own. Whatever is relaxing for you. You know, it's different. Each person is different as far as this goes. But, you know, some folks like meditating, reading, exercising, journaling, uh, whatever you need to do to take care of yourself to help prevent uh, getting tired or burnt out. Um, it, it's important to take care of yourself because if you can't, if you don't take care of yourself, you really can't take care of other people. So it's important to keep that in mind. And uh, the lastly, uh, um, and I had mentioned this, we had already spoken about this briefly before, Maria, is the, uh, the alcohol. So go easy on the alcohol. Remember that you don't need to, just because everyone else is drinking a glass or two of wine, if you're particularly tired one evening or you just don't feel like drinking alcohol, don't feel forced into it. You know, if you if you just say, look, I'm tired, I just don't feel like drinking uh, alcohol today, uh, I would imagine most family members would, would understand and would respect that. Uh, so so keep in mind to set your own limits and boundaries to just so you can take good care of yourself, Okay. And, and those are kind of kind of the big tips that that I often suggest to um, even patients in my private practice that are that are struggling with with this time of year. You mentioned drinking, and and you know not to be too personal, but let me throw a personal example out there. I am the oldest grandchild, and there are seven aunts and uncles. Now, at any given time, two or three of them may or may not be speaking to each other or speaking to each other in ways that are not conducive. So I'm a horrible person. I'm an aider and a better. I try to get everyone drunk. I I seem to have found that if I get just one drink in all of the aunties, all of the animosity kind of flies away. I mean, in the one year that I didn't do that, somebody got hit in the head with a frying pan. You know, so I don't know. I I mean, what is that balance between encouraging family members to let down their guard and, and enjoy themselves and 
pushing someone to a moment of depression, what is that line? What is that balance? All right, Maria, this one, this one, I'm gonna have to think about. I don't know. No worries. <laughs> um, because honestly, dealing with my family members stone cold sober is not an option. It's just not. <laughs> For some people, I know that that is the case, that sometimes with tensions or, or previous things that have happened in the past that others can't let go, sometimes a, a great big piece of cake and a glass of cavassier. I don't know. It, it seems to make everything <laughs> Well, so may- maybe, yeah, after thinking about it, I think there's a different, there's been a different, for men and women, there's been different recommendations on the amount of alcohol mm. um, that that that's recommended to, to consume in a day. It used to say, if so if I recall correctly, it used to say two drinks for men and one drink for women. Oh. I just want to double check so if that's changed. Um, so, yeah, that's right. Okay, I was right. Okay. Um, sometimes I'm not confident in what I know. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the, C, so the CDC... Um, has has recommended that a moderate alcohol consumption is defined as having up to one drink per day for women and up to two drinks per day for men. So um, this is the amount this is the amount consumed on any single day, um, and and is not intended as an average over several days. Okay, so basically, I would I would suggest we stick to the CDC guidelines. You know, since we're talking about your your family, so mm-hmm. we would typically want to. Stick with that guideline. So I, I wouldn't. I would not encourage more than one drink per day for women, um, or more than two drinks per day for for men, for according to the CDC um, guidelines. So I, that's where I guess I would draw the line. So if we go beyond that, then that could be lead to some hairy situations. I would think. Okay. Uh, so. Nobody likes an awkward silence, but sometimes it can be a good thing. Talking to a friend about their mental health can be awkward, but it can make a big difference. Use an awkward silence to ask your friend about their mental health. It can really help. Find out how at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Well, let me throw a hypothetical out for you. And and honestly, I'm going to call it a hypothetical, but honestly, it's a what happened was. Okay, so family gathering, everyone's there. Uh, Children, grandchildren, everyone's kind of laughing and smiling in the kitchen area. I turn to the left, and I see over in the back corner my cousin. She's quiet, she's still, and she's completely removed from the activity. What do I do? Mm -hmm. What should I do? Is she open to talking to you? Always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think I, w- I, I would always suggest just start off with just a conversation and just talking to her, you know, some general questions, you know, um, you know how, how she's doing, if anything's been stressing her or bugging her or something, if something on, is on her mind. And don't, and I and I suggest usually that don't don't make assumptions. We we don't really know what what why she's so quiet and all that. So mm-hmm. so if you give if you uh, for me and this is kind of some leaving leaving uh, the, your questions open ended, uh, um, leads folks to um, be more comfortable in answering it in a more honest way. Uh, because if you kind of lead them into thinking that you know what's going on with them and what and what's bothering them, then the the real thing that's bothering them may not ever actually come out. Oh. So, 
and just offer to be um, a, a support. You know, I, oftentimes I think family members just need to know that, that you're there for them. You know, just you're there to listen to what they have to say without being judgmental or critical or being afraid that you're going to go tattletale to, to your sister or your, mm-hmm. mo- or your mom about what she says to you. So there needs to be that sense of, of a confidant and someone that, he, that she can trust. That's that's just going to be there for her and and support her in whatever she says or or whatever has been going on in her life that's that that's bothering her at that particular time. Um, is that helpful or is that? Yes, that was very helpful. Okay, and just in case anyone wants to reach out to you and maybe talk about holiday blues or maybe review your website for some tips, how can they reach out to you? Um, so the, I think the best way to reach reach me is through um, my website. It's sarangapsychiatry.com. So S A R A N is a Nancy G is a goat A psychiatry P S Y C H I A T R Y dot com. Just go if you forget what the website is, just Google search uh, Saranga Psychiatry or my name is Vinay Saranga, and, and it should be the first thing that pops up. And it has all the contact information, my office number, an email address, a contact form. So that actually, I do have a lot of, a lot of useful information on there as far as blogs that I think, I think could be helpful for folks, not only about this particular topic, but, you know, other holistic um, approaches to things. And my wife and I are very, we're very invested in holistic treatment and not just focusing on medications because that's just part part of the solution for many folks and diet, exercise, um, mindfulness, uh, meditation. These are all very important treatment modalities that we really emphasize uh, with our patients. So, um, so it, it's not, uh, our, our website and blog is not focused on medication often. It's, it's often focused on other holistic, uh, wellness, um, kind of, uh, treatments uh, that can help, uh, folks that are struggling. So we've been talking with Dr. Saranga. Uh, he is a psychiatrist and he's been giving us some helpful tips about how to battle through depression. Of course, uh, the main thing is don't beat yourself up and, and have realistic expectations. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Saranga, for, for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Maria. Thanks for having me on. I, I enjoyed uh, in, uh, talking to you. Bringing up the lights and finding a Christmas tree. The third thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me. Hangovers, rigging up the lights and finding a Christmas tree. The fourth thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me. Sending Christmas cards, hangovers, rigging up the lights and finding a Christmas tree. Christmas cards, hangovers, rigging up the lights, and finding a Christmas tree. The sixth thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me, facing my in-laws, five months of bills. I hate those Christmas cards, hangovers, rigging up these lights, and finding a Christmas tree. The seventh thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me. Facing my in-laws Five months of bills 
Christmas cards. Oh, jeez. I'm trying to rig up these lights. And finding a Christmas tree. Dr. Sarango for joining us and giving us those helpful tips to help us get through the holidays. Next week, we'll have Councilman Paul Cashman. He'll be talking with us about a new initiative that the Denver City Council is proposing. So tune in if you can. Richard Robertson is the show producer. I'm Maria Oliver, and this is Life in Colorado. Happy holidays, y'all. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.